Welcome everybody to the 15th episode of the Struggling Scientist podcast. We are a podcast by scientists, for scientists, anyone science adjacent, and perhaps even hobbyists. My name is Susanna and I'm here with my co-host Jerome. Hi. Today we have an episode for you guys that's from our Cutting Out Research series. Uh, and we're going to talk about the beneficial effect of Mozart music on epilepsy. And we have really interesting papers for you guys. So let's start. So today in this episode, we are going to talk about a paper. And as sort of is tradition in our Cutting Out Reaches episode, we found them on the Nature Facebook page. So this paper uh, really grabbed our attention. And it's about the Mozart effect on epilepsy. Um, and I thought it was super interesting. So I made Jerem read it. <laughs> so Jerem, yes. tell us about this paper. What is it called? And where is it published? Yes, so the paper itself, the title of the paper is Musical Components Important for the Mozart K-448 Effect in Epilepsy. Um, it's published in Scientific Reports and uh, yeah, it's by uh, Quan et al. Quan et al. Yeah. Okay. So first question, when you hear this title, right? Mm -hmm. Mozart K-448? Yes. That's a song? Well, technically it's a sonata. Um, it's... So it's the it's Mozart sonata for two pianos in uh, D major. So that's the K hundred four hundred forty eight part. Okay. And yeah, so I guess a little bit, maybe not really background, but I guess we've all heard of um, people who play classical music for their yet unborn children or maybe already born children. Yeah, and I always thought that was a bit sketchy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, old wives tale, I guess. But, mm -hmm. um, well, there is research being done on that. Um, and apparently I could find a paper that uh, was from 1993 that looked into uh, the Mozart effect, as it were, in, yeah, performance or uh, intelligence, yeah. Oh, so, so been... it does actually have an effect. Yes. So already in 1993, that they could, they could show that it doesn't have a sort of general effect on your IQ or performance, but really, like, specifically for your spatio-temporal performance in, in different tasks like that. So it's a very specific effect. And mm -hmm. then five years later, a paper was published that showed that apparently this specific sonata could uh, also reduce uh, symptoms of epilepsy. Okay, but it's just, just this K448 sonata and not any other Mozart song or classical music or... Well, it... This one is the most studied one, but there is another one. So uh, K545, that also has been studied uh, a bit, but less so than this one. But so far, they've, yeah, researchers have also looked at, for example, Wagner, Beethoven, others, I think, as well. But yeah, they haven't really shown this same effect. And I think we'll also touch on those again in this paper. Okay, so only Mozart K448 and K454, and both in piano. Uh, yes. Wow. Okay. That's that's very specific. Yep. So the the five four five is uh, the piano sonata in C major. If that helps anyone really know it. Oh, and I also see here that they previously tested Beethoven's release and a string version of K four four eight. Yeah. And they didn't work. Nope. Wow. Okay. Yep. Interesting. So I guess we have definitive proof that Mozart is better than Beethoven now. Well, and only in piano. <laughs> yes. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very specific. Yep. Okay. Um, so I think we should add a little uh, snippet of this K448 song, don't you think? Yes. So let's uh, listen to 15 seconds of our Mozart K448 in two piano D major. Okay, so that was uh, 15 seconds of Mozart K448. Do we have a beneficial effect now? No. So what this paper actually looked at as well uh, early on is two different groups. So they had 16 participants and they split it up between two groups. So one group got uh, 15 seconds and the other group got up to 19 se 90 seconds, sorry, uh, split over yeah, periods of 15 seconds. And 15 seconds while showing some beneficial effect was not significantly showing a beneficial effect. Okay, so we are non-significantly improved now. Yes. But we need at least 30 seconds to really show an effect. Yes, from 30 seconds and onwards, uh, you okay, start seeing an we'll, effect. We'll put a little bit extended version at the end of this podcast, okay? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so epilepsy. Yep. Um, what kind of epilepsy are they studying in this paper? Yeah, so maybe just a quick little bit of background. Um, epilepsy is quite common, actually. It's, it, it affects about like 1% of the entire global population. And normally you can, you can, yeah, you can medicate these people to reduce their uh, epilepsy uh, yeah, seizures and symptoms. But apparently one third, of all, one third of all epilepsy patients or people have what is called refractory uh, epilepsy. So they don't respond to medication at all. Mm. And yeah, so... Apparently, because of this, then um, with this Mozart effect, this has started to become more and more seen as an option to help these patients instead of doing in really invasive surgery or trying to yeah, medicate them when they are not responding to medication. Okay, and I also see here that they, they experience these interictal epileptic form dischargers. Yes, so I think when people mostly think about epilepsy, they think about these people sort of having seizures on the ground. At least that's sort of what I think when I think about it. Uh, but there are different forms of epilepsy, and seizures are quite common and happen in all of these form in all of these forms to a certain extent. But these IEDs, let's call them that, mm -hmm. um, are also a symptom of epilepsy. So they're basically you can measure them with an EEG. They're basically they're just the electrons on your head, right? Electrodes, yeah. What you'll basically see is like those peaks of your brain waves. Mm -hmm. And then you'll see like a certain population of neurons just firing, uh, sort of, yeah, those those specific neurons firing, and those specific neurons tend to be related to the epileptic networks, as it were. Yeah, and they they fire way more than they normally should in these epileptic yeah. versions. Yes. Okay, and this is what they measure in this paper, also, right? Yes. Okay, so they they have these IEDs. Yes. Um. And then they play these songs for these people in different um, lengths. And then they measure if these IEDs become less. Yes, but it's not only just uh, just playing it in different lengths. At a certain point, they'll also yeah, try out Wagner's mm -hmm. song because that's a very different song that, or sonata compared to uh, Mozart's. While Mozart has apparently very specific parts that are very different from each other. Wagner is sort of more gradual increase, gradual change. Uh, so they use Wagner as sort of a control in that sense. 
They also, as you said, uh, throw Beethoven in there. They try a string version or they try an altered version of the K448 and a filtered version as well. So they try a really, quite a few different things to show how the K448 is yeah, affecting these people compared to other versions of it and classical music. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, of course, a very important disclaimer that is that this is very much, very much not our research field. Like at all. At all. So um, we we have quite a good understanding now after reading this paper, but it's important to know that we are not experts in this field. We are just going off on what is written in this paper and what we have seen in other papers. Right? Yes. Okay. So then results. What did they show? Um, so yeah, first off, uh, at least comparing the two different groups, uh, like we alluded to earlier already. The 15 seconds and the 90 seconds group. Yes, the 15 seconds was not really enough to show a significant difference. The 90 second group did show a significant difference. And yeah, they saw a reduction in the IEDs. Uh, in addition to that, they also tried out, they also wanted to locate where this difference was coming from. So where in the brain. I'm only going through sort of the big general conclusions here. We mm-hmm. can dive into the more specific ones in a bit. And they found out that the location where the IEDs were mostly reduced were in the uh, frontal cortex. Okay. So that's uh, another yeah, big piece of information right there. Yeah. And Wagner and Violet Noise did nothing. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that as well. And they also tested patients' preferred music at some point, yeah, right? Yes, so I, that's actually funny. the funny part. I wanted to get to that in just a bit. But um, So if you actually read their material and methods, you'll see at a certain point, um, since they only had 16 patients, I think they basically listed the preferred music for all of the, the yeah, patients. Some of them apparently liked uh, Judas Priest. <laughs> so yeah, some heavy metal got thrown in there as well. Did uh, it help? No. No, preferred music didn't help. No. So. This effect on reducing the IEDs in epilepsy, very specific to this Mozart K-448. And yeah, your preferred music does nothing. Interesting, because you would expect that that would also help, right? To relax you, your preferred music. Well, it depends, right? I mean, again, we're not really experts in this field, but I mean, if I listen to music and really depend on my mood, what I'm looking for, right? My preferred music could be something that gets me excited or... Might call me down, so yeah. True. We are very excited to be able to introduce you to our new sponsor, Jenny AI. Not only does Jenny make our podcast possible, it also makes our life as scientists so much easier. Jenny is an all-in-one writing assistant that has everything that we have been missing in other AI tools. Yes, first off, unlike other AI tools, it actually finds accurate information in papers and cites its sources. It does not make things up and only uses real verified information that you can then also check the source of. Second, it's a writing assistant trained for academic papers and helps you write your paper by suggesting the next sentence or the end of your sentence. Or, if you get really stuck, you can ask it to write an entire paragraph, completely removing the writer's block I so often struggle with when I don't know the right words to make my point. It helped me write an introduction to a paper I've been struggling with in half an hour. It even suggests which papers to cite. You can add your own library or search the entire internet for papers. Just type the add symbol to easily add a reference and it gets automatically added to the reference list. 
And the last thing we absolutely love is that it has an AI chatbot that can see your document and give feedback on how to improve your manuscript. Or you can ask it questions, such as what are the potential therapeutic benefits of dot dot dot, and it will search through the papers for you for the answer. I can only say that my stress level has gone down significantly since I started using Jenny. Check out the free version now at thestrugglingscientist.com slash Jenny. And if you love it, use the code SCIENCE20 for a 20% discount. Okay, so that those were all the all the major results. Um, well, there was also the the um, result of that they found out out of all the brain waves that the theta activity was the one that was mostly affected or mostly different after listening to the K four hundred forty eight. Okay. So there are five different types of brain waves at each at different frequencies. Uh, delta is the is the smallest, I guess, the lowest hertz, followed by theta. Then you have alpha, beta, and gamma. And yeah, theta is, from what I've been able to find uh, and read, theta is more involved with emotions, creativity, imagination, stuff like that. Okay. alpha and beta and delta, which are also very close to theta, are also sort of associated with that. So it's hard to really distinguish if theta is specifically just for that. But yeah. But alpha and theta used? Alpha, Delta and Alpha were also emotional, but those are also a little bit changed by... Yes. But it, yes, okay. Yeah, but it's also, yeah, it's just hard to really distinguish like the Theta because, uh, for example, Delta was, I believe, from 1 to 4 hertz. Theta was from roughly 4 to 8 hertz. Yes, but you can see here in the long se- segment that also the Delta and the Alpha are... A no, no, bit, indeed, uh, yes. A little bit changed, but Theta was the only one that was really significant. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So... Uh, based on this, they say that it's probably an emotional response, right? Yes. But that's that's confusing to me because mm-hmm. then you have an emotional response to this one song, very very specifically, mm-hmm. and not to your preferred music. No, and yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the results is what it what it is. I mean, but yeah, I I'm confused. Yes. I don't necessarily know if they actually looked at like the Theta activity also in the preferred music to see if that did spike, even though there was no reduction in IEDs. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't think they did. Yeah, or at least... They don't, they, they don't yeah. show it at least. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it was weird because it, if we get to the discussion already when they talk about that, um, they really wanted to sort of... To me, it felt reading this that they were trying to make the jump towards the emotional network quite quickly from just the theta activity, essentially. Mm. And well, I, I yeah. mean, if that's the brainwave section that's involved in that, it makes a certain type of sense. Mm-hmm. But they also had a modulated version of the K448 song. Yeah. They don't really specifically show how it was modulated, but they say that that one didn't work because it wasn't as nice to listen to anymore Mm -hmm. because of the modulations. But I don't know. It might be interesting to in the future make an an episode on on just a lot of different papers focusing on this this beneficial music effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting field though. I never knew that there were an entire field of researchers actually looking into the beneficial effect of at least Mozart. Yeah, I mean, there is just a lot of upside though with this, right? I mean, if you just have like a third of 1% of the entire world suffering from something that you cannot really properly treat 
and it all it takes is listening to, to at least 30 seconds of Mozart to yeah. sort of have some beneficial effect, that would be great. What they did show, however, was that just the, the 90 seconds didn't have an effect that was very long lasting. Mm -hmm. But if you, they have previously shown in other papers that if you listen to more of it, that you do also in epilepsy get a more long lasting effect. Yeah. So that's actually also what, something I wanted to look into a little bit further as well, because uh, so they had 16 people in total for their entire experiment split over two groups, so eight, eight. Mm -hmm. And that our 92nd group was predominantly male. So I don't know like whether maybe that long lasting effect might be, you know, less prevalent for males or something. I don't know. It, it was something they mentioned specifically in sort of their... Discussion. No, not even in their discussion. Just when they were describing their, their yeah, patient population, how it was distributed between the things. Yeah, because they, they had these patients where they also had electrodes inside of their skull basically because they wanted to really look specifically at these waves and these um locations right yeah. Yeah, so exactly. they had a quite a specific uh group of patients that were treated with these electrodes in their skull that then were measured for this yes oh but it's a very interesting study i think mm -hmm. and it's a very interesting topic that i might want to know more about in the future yes so uh, maybe we'll make a science behind episode about the effect of music on you mm -hmm. <laughs> in general i mean in general like point. it's because it, now in indeed as you mentioned with like the electrodes these people had like electrodes sort of yeah surgically inserted yes yes so they, they were at a yeah i wouldn't say desperate state but they needed this to find out more information about where are there epileptic uh, seizures and stuff coming from? Which yes, part it was brain? not just for this study done. It no, was exactly. actually, actually a, a test for, for them. Mm -hmm. And then they also played some music for them. Yeah, during, so it's like, this. well, if you're going to do this anyway, can we also use you for some research? Yes. <laughs> but so I wonder, since this is sort of a uh, relatively on the extreme side indeed of like the that one third of people. Mm -hmm, that don't respond to anything. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I would wonder... I would imagine as well that the people who do have epilepsy but do respond to medication might also respond to Mozart then. But then you might be able to take them off medication if Mozart was super, uh, super well, effective. Well, that might be... That, yes, yes, that's a stretch. But I would like to look into that a little bit more because now we don't have that information here, for example. Yes. Yeah. And I'm also really interested in the effect that they measure on just healthy people. I mean, mm -hmm. do I need to listen to Mozart? Well, uh, at least in healthy people, um, you get sort of that spatiotemporal uh, performance boost. Yes, and you also told me mm -hmm. that that doesn't happen in musicians. Yeah, so I, I read, at least it was in a review that was quickly mentioned, uh, that it, m musicians did not see this beneficial boost to Mozart. They are immune to yes. Mozart. So maybe I guess they're spatial, at least for the spatiotemporal uh, performance, um, that they're already sort of well-versed or well-practiced in that that they or well-developed i mean uh that mozart doesn't help them develop that anymore hmm. so yeah, i don't know okay very very interesting but i think we have now discussed everything that has been done in this paper right yeah yeah i think uh, and a bit more yes okay so if you are as interested in this uh in this mozart effect now as we are keep your eyes out for a future episode that talks about this in our uh, the Science Behind series. Um, 
And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that via our website, thestrugglingscientist.com, or via our email address, thestrugglingscientist uh, at hotmail.com. Um, we're also on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn, and basically everywhere you can look for us, you can find us under The Struggling Scientist. Yes, thank you for listening. And um, let's play some more Mozart K448 for you guys now. Bye. Bye.